What is up, y'all? Welcome to the 5Q5K. I'm your host, Josh Williams. The goal of this podcast is to create a safe and welcoming environment for you to learn and begin to embrace what I've come to know as an actively improving lifestyle. We hope you're able to get out there and get active while you join in on our conversation. That being said, let's get to it. All right, what is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the 5Q5K. I'm sitting down with Catterly Edwards. How are you doing, Catterly? I'm so good. How are you? Doing good. It's good to meet you. Good to sit down, and we're going to get to talk for a little bit and go for a run. Sounds like a good day to me, right? Yeah, welcome to my apartment. There you go. Hey, we're in the studio. Give everybody out there a little bit of background on yourself, kind of in athletics and exercise, and kind of like give us an eye into Catterly. I played outside a lot when I was a kid. And then, you know, local softball league, stuff like that. And then it kind of just stopped. Um, I had to work and focus on school. Um, I knew when I was younger that I was going to have to pay for college. And so school and work kind of became the two priorities and sports just wasn't in there. So this is like a hard drop off? Pretty much. It was sort of accidental, maybe like just didn't sign up for softball another season, didn't play volleyball another season. Okay. Stopped doing orchestra. Um, just kind of ran out of time. I also am very much a perfectionist. And so as the level of those things increased, as we were getting older, I was like, I'm not going to be able to be the best at this. So I just won't do it. Okay. So you're like, I got to be the master if I'm doing something, right? Yes. All my okay. Enneagram threes. You understand. Which I had to be that? the best, the achiever. Okay. So if I'm not, if I'm not the best, I'm not doing it. Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. If you that's ain't, that's so true. That's okay. what I lived my life by in high school, at least. Fair, fair. Okay, so that and was that was t- through high school to college, correct? Through, all the way through high school. Okay. I show up at college. My first semester, every day, the girls that lived in my dorm would be like, you want to go on a walk? You want to go run? You want to go? All these things. And I was like, don't you just want to watch a movie? You weren't, were, a, you weren't a hashtag hot girl walk fan? No, not that. This was before the hot girl walk. Oh, okay. A few, year, few years too early. My bad. And okay. they were like, no, we watched a movie yesterday. And I was like, and? Because that's how my life had been for years. And so I really, it opened my eyes when I was like 18. Okay. Oh, I haven't been outside a lot. I haven't moved a lot in years. Was it a dislike for the outside or was it just kind of like, it just happened that way? I think it mostly just happened that way. I also lived in um, Houston and because I didn't know everything and I was new, a lot of it wasn't very enjoyable. Fair. Um, so like I would try out and go, go for a run. You know, all the girls in my sorority would casually run five miles and I would try to do that and just be miserable. And you're in public where all these people that you know are watching you and it was just horrible. It's a horrible experience. So that didn't really take off. Okay. A couple more years of college go by. And just felt defeated a lot. Okay. Really defeated. Fitness was like unattainable. It kind of felt like one of those things that was like, you're too late. Like everybody gets into sports or they get into whatever when they're younger and you just miss the boat. And so. So you're thinking like the mindset of like little leaguers that it's like you've been playing baseball since you're four and you ain't making the show if you ain't playing baseball all those years. Okay. It It was just too late. I didn't know what to do. Okay. And I felt really embarrassed about everything. Couldn't afford a lot of the boutique fitness hobbies that a bunch of my girlfriends were into. The $30 those, like, Zumba, spin classes. Yeah, everything. Okay. Where literally it's like $30 every time you go. That's a Couldn't tough. afford that. Yeah, yeah. On top of, you're like, this might be embarrassing and it's going to cost me 30 bucks. 
So I'm paying $30 to possibly limit or hurt my own mental health. That yes. doesn't sound great, no. right? Not yeah. exactly. Okay. So I just, nothing, nothing would stick. And mm. then developed a fixation um, and really where things just became fun and a hobby um, when I started weightlifting a lot. Okay. That, that was something I was like, I can do this. Um, I loved getting in the gyms. This was after I graduated from college. Okay. And I started weightlifting five or six days a week for about an hour and a half. Um, I was seeing progress. I'm a math teacher now. Okay. So I love numbers. Okay. And um, I could track, hey, this week I did two more than I did last week. Or, hey, I just went up in my weight than okay. I did last week. Like, it was very quantifiable. You gotcha. can really quickly see that your strength is improving. Okay. Um, so either you look better or your strength is improving or both, which is great. Fair. Um, that was just so fun. And really my like beginning, that's the last year and a half okay. ago-ish, two years ago, really. Um, See, that's when I would so say I like became fit. Oh, okay. Hey, well, there you go. <laughs> I would call myself that now. There you go. Cool. See, for me, like lifting weights is always the most anxiety inducing for me because it's like, brother, I got to wear or... Like I gotta be wearing some running thing that's showing people like I'm I'm this scrawny as a byproduct. It's not that I like just don't know what I'm doing because it just feels mentally humiliating to go in and be like, "Yep, I'm getting one plate and I'm gonna be squatting one plate." But I guess it's one plate, you know. It's like, how did you get over that? Because like for me, like I'm like, I don't know how you would go to the weight room and be like, "I feel at peace here," because I don't. I never feel at peace there, you know. No, oh, it's a really good question. I think that's exactly how I felt running. Ah, okay. You know, it's just any of the spaces that we don't already have our feet under us. Fair. It's this idea of like, I can't be new at something. I have to, I have to immediately be good at it. I have to immediately have the clothes. I have to have the gear. I have to have perfect form. I have to look like the people on social media, the people that are at my gym or out, like I just have to, I have to be as good as everybody else. Fair. Your, or I won't your do PR it. Your PR has to be that powerlifter's PR, like from day one. Yes, okay. which is so crazy. And with running, weightlifting, that's how people hurt themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. True, like very practically, it's how people get hurt. Is because you're trying to do something you have no business doing. Yeah. Um, I followed a lot of people on the internet, and I read a lot, and I listened to a lot. And then I have a great gym, uh, and I was a five a.m. five a.m. gymmer, and the five a.m. Oh gym crowd is so good. Those are people who just want to get down to business. It's the nail eaters out there. Really, like. really nice people. Yeah. Um, so made a few friends that would just be helpful when I needed help. And okay. eventually got to a point where I was like, I feel like I'm doing 80% of it right, but I really want to nail in that 20%. And a friend had just become a certified personal trainer. So I got him to write up. Uh, follow Austin Bell on Instagram. Body by hey, Bell. Shout out Austin Bell. There you go. Got him to write up some plans for me and like really kind of make things more scientific. And we tweaked a handful of things and that was so fun. Mm -hmm. It was really, really fun. There you go. So give me the tie in. Cause I mean, we sound like about opposite. Like I was like, man, like I love the running. I feel at peace here, but then the weight room super scary and you sound like completely vice versa, but kind of tell me how, running got into the picture because i mean the initial goal of like kind of feeling confident and fe and being fit like you said like when did running kind of step into the door that you were like you know what this is part of the part of the repertoire so the idea of functional fitness started being really appealing to me okay um 
part of why I loved weightlifting is because it was so useful in my life. I could pick up heavy stuff. I could move furniture. I could open, (laughs) I opened the jars in our apartment. So I could do all of these things, but I couldn't probably run a mile. Okay. Or well, or happily. Fair. Not enjoyably, for sure. Yes. And even in the realm of protecting myself, what am I going to run away? I can't run. You better be able to lift up the the perpetrator, right? (laughs) So I sat down with myself and decided I want to start running last spring-ish. Okay. So 2023? Yes. Okay. Right around the time I became a track coach. Oh, wow. Which was not on my bingo card, but the opportunity fell into my lap. I work at a school and they needed a woman. I was like, I don't know anything about coaching track. I've been an athletic trainer in high school, watched it, you know. They were like, that's great. We have actual coaches. We just need a woman. Okay, well, that's fair. (laughs) And here's the stipend. I was like, yeah, sign me up. That'll be fun. So were you like in charge of like oh most my gosh of track no. No, okay, no, okay. no we had a head coach who ran in college an assistant throwing coach who threw in college okay another coach a long distance coach and me <laughs> there you go well hey you were part I of the was there for moral support admin support and then I led all of our stretching and core work that's what I owned and that's good that was all I knew yeah that's good stuff though and around that whole season. Towards the end of it, all of my coaches were like, hey, we're going to sign up for the, the Dallas Half Marathon. Are you going to do it with us? And Is that like I, a hard pass from the jump? or like what I said, doing? absolutely not. I'm not doing that with you. <laughs> I was so embarrassed about my run. I, I mean, just no. There, there was no, no chance. Yeah. And I played it off and just kind of like, no. Every single one of them signed up for it but me. And then I felt like more ashamed of that. Yeah. Well, the FOMO kind of kicks in there too, you know? I don't actually know if I would call it Okay. Well, the FOMO did not kick in there. But I just felt like more embarrassed even of like, you're literally a track coach. You aren't willing to do the stuff you ask your kids to do. So some, some weasel energy might've been, might've been. Yes. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Just feeling kind of the compounded feeling of like 20 years of not being able to do fit stuff. Fair. And the fall rolls around and I had been running a little bit in the summer for fun, you know, trying to get into this whole running business. Decided to go for it. So I signed up for the Dallas Half Marathon in August. Absolutely terrifying. And then- Again, like cold sweats thinking about it? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And started um, the Nike Run Club. Shout out, Coach Bennett. I owe you an organ. You're my hero. There you go. I love you, Coach Bennett. You better cash in, Coach <laughs> Bennett. That's like 40, 50 grand at least. Um, started doing that and just stuck to the Nike training plan for the half marathon. Give, me the, give me the rate. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. It? I spent so much time alone running outside. Probably the most time I'd spent outside Hours and hours. I ran over 200 miles training for that. There you go. Which, Ma- mainly all on your own? Yes. That's good. Mainly all on my own. Yeah. I convinced, they might use the word bullied, I convinced my roommate to run it with me. Hey, you, you coerced her kindly. Is I, I with, right? positioned an argument she could not refuse. Ah, there you go. Okay. And so that was really fun to, we didn't train together because our schedules are so opposite, but to be able to talk about training runs a little bit and 
we went shoe shopping together at one point. Um, Just if somebody that's kind of like going through the same thing you are is like, that's a big mental help. Cause I mean, even if like for me, like I, when I, when I started, I, I ran on my own all the time and that was pretty much it. And like, I think there's benefit to both. Like I love running with other people cause it's just like so fun to talk with them, but like on your own, you, it's, you develop a different type of mental fortitude that I think it's kind of, I don't know. Like if you're always running with people, it's like, you could almost lean on that as a crutch as like, Oh, well, if there are these other people here, then I'll go. If not, I don't. But I think kind of what you're saying, like you had to find that confidence and that mental toughness in yourself, which I think is a big, big win there. You know, just that time, not doing anything else other than being in your own head. Um, and to get to pray and I cry on a lot of my long runs. Oh, <laughs> One, I'm emotional, but two, just really the long extended meditative periods to get to work and process through what's happening in your life and what you're dreaming about and praying for and what you're feeling lost in. And my joke this past semester was if you're sad, you might as well be like, if you're sad and lonely, you might as well be sad and lonely on a run and get some endorphins out of it. That's fast. Feel better about yourself. And yeah. I stand by that. <laughs> Yeah. Yesterday I was, so I, I run during my planning periods and yesterday I was like, so because I run during my planning periods, I scarfed down lunch real quick. So usually I eat it on my own. And a couple of my students walked by and they just walked by a door. Like the lights had just gone out. Cause it's like the timer ones. So I'm, it looks like I'm eating on my own in the dark. That's bad. Oh yeah. And one of my students walks by and he goes, Hey man, do we need to like talk about something? Like, are you feeling okay? And I was like, brother, I'm about to be endorphin mining in like 10 minutes. So I'm about to feel a lot better. That's I don't feel depressed. Break but I'm going to be getting, I'm going to be feeling a lot better in like 20 minutes. So thank you for checking in, but yeah, this is necessary, you know, building in the habit though. Um, and just knowing you have that to look forward to really mm -hmm. how I feel about any form of exercise and fitness running has been tough. Cause I don't feel like I can do it in the mornings Fair. and I much prefer to work out in the morning. Is it like a spooky hour thing in the mornings or what? I just don't feel super safe. Spooky um, hours. Dark. Yeah. That's fair. You know, yeah. can't get a tan if it's dark. Yeah. I, I got into it running at night. So I think for me, like, um, if I could run at night every night, I'm like, that'd be sick. You mean like night, night, like night, night, like starting, I mean, tens, honestly, early, like go later than that. Like, I don't know. It's just something about it. There's nobody out. It's so peaceful. Like you can honestly run in the streets. Don't listen to this and think that you should just go do that. Cause I don't know where you live. But, I would like, never. I'm in like burbs, burbs. So like, okay. there's not people driving. It's very calm. Like, I don't know. So I've seen owls on runs. I'm like, that's oh, very like. Your people. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I don't know. I think it's like, kind of like back to what you were saying. Like, it's all about finding that place of serenity with whatever you're doing and finding that place that you can enjoy it. And you realize that like, Hey, like maybe this wasn't what I liked at one point. But mm. I think the thing about finding a place of like meditation and peace and serenity is like those places evolve. And like, it doesn't have to be like, maybe you used to hate running and maybe I used to hate weightlifting, but now I do find a small bit of serenity in waiting for the little, like I'm trying to strengthen my hips right now is what my PT says. So like I'm doing the little like hip training thing at the gym. The and abductor like, machine. Yeah. And I feel like, like, I'm the only dude that I've ever seen on those machines, but I feel somewhat like the piece that is just like, I got something done and I didn't really want to do it, but I know that it's going to pay dividends in the long run. You can find serenity and maybe it's not exactly where you expected it would be, but I think mm. that's a big, a big thing to find. You know, I think we're always in our heads too much. Nobody really cares. 
That's fair. No one cares. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I think when I see other people running, there's two things that I think. One, wow, they are so fast. I want to be that fast. Or two, I'm so proud of them. They are pushing through it and been there, will be there again. Because you either look like you're having a blast or you look like you're not and you're running either way. And so it's like, I'm either really proud of you because you're crushing it. And I look up to the way that they're running right now. Form, incredible, breathing, incredible, smile on their face, you know. Or I'm like, yeah, been there. Way to go, trooper. But either way, you're getting through it and you're you're doing something commendable, you know. Like whether whether or not like you're, it's the struggle bus or it's the best bus you've ever been on. I mean, it's still like something commendable at the end of the day that like you're taking the time to like re- reinvest in yourself. And like, kind of like you said, like we get in our heads too much, but in a way that time outside helps you get in your head in like almost a therapeutic way mm-hmm. because it lets you think through like and slow down and mm-hmm. unplug. Like, I know, like, I mean, you can't be texting or like doing yeah. a lot on the phone while you're running. So it's kind of like, well, I've got to just really center myself in reality and in what's going on. I know that's something that I've been talking with people a lot recently of like, man, it's just nice to like be in reality mm-hmm. and like be able to think, think about thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's refreshing. <laughs> I just finished an incredible book called okay. That Sounds Fun okay. by Annie F. Downs. And it's mostly about hobbies and how adults need hobbies. Yeah. And my big joke do. the last few months has been that I'm right now I'm just on a lot of side quests. Okay. I'm just off like I'm about to start taking vocal lessons because I want to be a better singer. Okay. So what why are you not? singing? What's the goal? Oh, I would love to sing the Phantom of the Opera. Recently obsessed. I, I've never heard it, but is it just like like a gut like ooh? Um, I'll it play like... it for you later. Okay. I won't. I won't sing it for you right now. Okay. But maybe after maybe later my on. vocal lessons. Well, there you go. I'll come back. Um, but between that and running and uh, I'm reading a lot more and just picking up a bunch of hobbies. And yeah. um, she had this one line that I said, mm, "Yeah," where she was like, "We need hobbies so that scrolling isn't our only hobby." That is facts. Yeah. And I think if you went around to a lot of people, not even, not even adults, not even people our age, kid, I mean, we're both teachers, kids, yeah, everybody. And it's like, Hey, list out your hobbies for me. It's going to be Fortnite, and it's going to be apex and it's going to be social media. And they like engage with things that they might consider a hobby yeah. via the internet. But like, yeah. what do you get out and spend your time and money and energy and joy on? Yeah. Other than your phone. And that's fair. And I'm talking to myself. So yeah. um, just trying to get out and be off and live a life that's really full yeah. of a bunch of stuff. Like being outside. Do you listen to like audiobooks when you're running? I have just started that. Um, okay. One of my friends recommended it to me on yeah. like long runs. Because um, I love audiobooks. Listen to them a ton. But I mostly listen to really really aggressive worship music okay are you like Um, a high volume like high octane high volume person yes okay or um big booty mixes okay or my edm playlist that's really good so a lot of good options there yes yeah see that's i'm i'm typically like a no music cat or like maybe i've got a little bit of light instrumental if like i need to get the people going but lately like for those planning periods it's like I need to be planning. So I've been listening to like different books on like how the process of learning works or how like people have 
like I most recently listened to this book by Henry Winkler, which like he grew up with dyslexia and went undiagnosed with dyslexia until I think in his late thirties. Wow. And so it's been, it's fun listening to, I don't know. I like listening to biographies, honestly. It's kind of weird because it's, you put it yourself in that other person's shoe and like almost make friends with somebody while you're running. And like, I know I just harped on all the benefits of running on your own in the middle of <laughs> two and everything. But then I'm like, well, I'm literally plugging in an audiobook to become friends with some dude I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's cool. Like, and I think it's, um, I don't know. It gives you the chance to um, learn things that you might not otherwise know or think about things. Like he, he talked a lot about his learning process, but he also talked about acting process, his writing process, all these things. And I think that's, a lot of my time spent running, I'll think about things that I realistically never thought that I would spend time thinking about. Mm. Like, for instance, that book, the last chapter, which I was listening to today, like it, um, he was talking about where he finds just a place of serenity and a place of joy. So that's probably why that's on top of mind for me right now. But um, it was literally his final chapter was just him narrating, going fly fishing in Montana. And that's so random, but I don't think I ever would have had that thought had I been like sitting on social media or sitting on whatever time suck I got on my phone. And yeah. I'm not hating on social media. Like I, I think it's a great thing. Okay, well you can hate, but. But I mean, follow me on Instagram. My Instagram stories are funny. Fair, well, not to hate on it. I think everything's good in moderation, but I feel like, I feel like the goal of maintaining your health has kind of gotten to be too much of a moderation for most people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you though, so you did that Dallas half. You haven't gotten, you haven't teased, teased what's to come though. <laughs> oh, and yeah. you have to, and maybe, maybe you're a little concerned about it. So you don't even want to talk about it, but what do you have going on this April? In April, I will be in Eugene, Oregon running a marathon, which I did not want to do. Okay. Um, so finish picture this. Yeah. It's mile 12 and a half ish of the dallas marathon and that sucked this year because it was like straight uphill right yeah so i've been running uphill for as long as i can remember yeah i swear i've been running more than a mile <laughs> finish line nowhere inside yeah. nowhere it's kind of long still like it uphill. always is yeah still uphill yeah still uphill i think i see the finish line so i turn the gas on yeah not the finish line just the beginning of what will be the finish line. Bad way to go. But then there's already like a thousand people standing there and I care a lot about public shame. So I'm not about to slow down. Oh, of course not. You can't. So I, the gas keeps going. Yeah, yeah. Out of, I didn't have gas, but we found some. Yeah. The fumes, the fumes are yes. Okay. Rolled in on my wheels. Yeah. Found out I had run more than 13.1 miles. I think my watch said like 13.78 or something like that. So then Light I immediately work. felt yeah. very righteously angry (laughs) i was so proud of myself um and so happy to see my friends and uh did cry um really 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 proud of myself but is this like a happy cry or is this oh yeah okay that was a a couple decades of broken goals to myself okay and so accomplishing a huge one that was like monumental for my confidence that's awesome even though i finished I don't remember. 600th in my age group or something. Hey, hey, um, at the end of the day, I did you it. Finished. Nobody, nobody knows. I You're finished. not going to remember that number. You don't even remember that number. And that's fine. My you know? two goals for the race was I wanted, I did have a time goal, which I, a generous time goal, which I stayed under. And then. So cook, first off. And then. <laughs> I wanted to run the whole thing so that I could sprint the end with a smile on my face. That was my main goal. And you got the second one too? And I did. So cook again. There you go. And, um, 
So I was like, okay, that was fun. Yeah. Now, in the in the days to follow, I said, yes, I want to do that again. Okay. Eventually. I don't think I ever would want to run a marathon. Because the thought of finishing that half marathon, turning around and doing the whole thing backwards, was absurd. Okay, this is about to get very interesting then. So, <laughs> so where did this lead after that then? Well, so what happened was a few weeks after that, I was in my classroom and my phone lit up from a good friend, Carrington, a recent guest on season one. Yes, ma'am. There you go. Shout out Carrington, right? And I'm just watching these little texts pop up one after the other. It said, so um, I entered you into a contest and you won. Do you want to run the Eugene Marathon? Okay. So this is good. Very good, positive, enabling behavior. Like this is enabling for good, right? Yeah. So go. Carrington entered me into some contest from the Eugene Marathon, which she was already running. Yeah, yeah. And I initially thought it was a marathon, freaked out, then found out it was a half. They were giving me a free half marathon spot. Gotcha. Okay, okay. But this little voice in the back of my head was like, shouldn't you just go for it? So I decided to ask if they would consider changing my little discount code. Okay. And letting me do the full. And the people at the Eugene Marathon are phenomenal. And they said, yes. Hey, that's a pro gamer move. There you go. And I prayed about it. And I don't think you should impulsively decide to ever do anything like this because of what a commitment physically and time-wise that you're signing up for. Um, and so I, I think you about could it. impulsively decide to because it'll build a lot of character and a lot of commitment. No, because but, I've watched those ahead. YouTube videos of people being like, I'm running a marathon without training. Yeah, but that's just not very wise. Like, they, they don't appreciate the journey. Right. So if you appreciate the journey, impulsively do that. Okay. There we go. Well, I did it. <laughs> I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And the more I thought about it, the more sure I was that I wanted to, I wanted to do it. And I wanted to see what I was made out of. And um, this is the year of getting hard. 2024, get hard. Okay. Do hard things. Be mentally strong. So I signed up for the marathon and bought a plane ticket. So give me the like, the mindset change from the, I don't want to do this because I'm not going to be the best to like, hey, I just did a half marathon and oh my gosh, that was tough. But you know, I want to push it a little harder. Kind of what was the, what was, was there one flip switch that flipped or did all the switches flip? Was it the whole breaker box or like, what was the, what was the change there? Because the Catterly that you were telling me about like a year and a half ago, do you think she would have been somebody to email the UG Marathon and be like, double me up, fam, we're going hard? Not a chance. Really? Okay. Not a chance. I heard a quote that really was just a rock in my shoe. And it was, hey, how long does it take the average person to run a marathon? Average people don't run marathons. Training for that half, um, the personal development that I did privately, on my own, on the road, on the trail, was so invaluable. Mm -hmm. Um, the confidence that I built in myself, the the trust that I built with myself just by showing up and doing what I said I was going to do was invaluable. And I knew I wanted to keep doing that. And in that journey, you know, sometimes you have to fight caring about stuff that doesn't matter, like your pace and how slow you are or fast you are or whatever. Um, but ultimately, it was that I was doing it. Um, and every single day that I would get out to run when I didn't want to but I had said that I was going to like was these little deposits of confidence just in the bank, these, 
teeny, teeny little cash deposits of confidence in the bank. There you go. Uh, and so the opportunity to feel the pride that I felt doubled at least, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that was enticing. There you go. I think you'll more than double it too. Like Eugene, like you finish on Hayward Field or like the track at Hayward Field. So it's just like, I don't know, like outside of, for me personally, outside of the Boston experience of running down Boylston, I think Eugene's probably the top riding experience I've had. So like to hype you up and get okay. you ready, like I, you're going to love it. Like it, it's sick. And it's like, if you thought you had a burst of speed at the end of Dallas, the kick you're going to get when you hit the track for the last, like probably like two tenths, or I guess it's like, I sure hope tenth so. Or so mile, oh, you're going to cook like, and they'll be ready. Like be like looking like as fierce <laughs> as you want to. Cause like, they've got like so many people like taking pictures of you right there. And you're going to be like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm her after I'm this. Her. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. It was, I, that's one thing I'm a little, maybe apprehensive is the right word. In Dallas, I had the most phenomenal group of friends that came to cheer me on. Okay. Um, my family drove up for the weekend, which was really, really, really everything to me. Uh-huh. And so Carrington, who's running it with me, and Eugene, uh, who will finish before me, but a little bit, um, her mom will be there. <laughs> and I think that's it. Uh, so if you're listening and you want to come to the Eugene Marathon, we'd go. love to have you. So I think knowing I'm going to not have the support at the strategic miles that I placed them at, which was so invaluable um, to get to hear and see friendly faces yeah. um, at those the halfway point, uh, and I had my parents go to mile like four and eleven. Okay, well, was think, just a little boost I needed. I think for people out there that might be thinking like, "Oh man, like I don't have that support structure. I I just can't do this because I'm not going to make it through on my own." Like, I would challenge you if that's your thought. Like, make your own support structure. Like, and that was for me at Eugene. Like, I didn't know anybody. I went. It was literally my mom and I went up, and so my mom was there to cheer for me at a few mile points. Uh-huh. But like outside of that, I didn't know anybody. And that was my, ended up being my first marathon. I did sub three and that was like kind of my like attempt. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. And I found a few guys that were just like running with me that I ended up just starting. Like, I was like, Hey, we're going to be fast friends, hopefully literally and figuratively. And then we can like talk to each other and like hype each other up. And I found this one guy and I was like, so what are you aiming for? He's like, I'm thinking like 255. And I was like, brother, I'm going to just draft you till I blow up. That sounds good. He's like, sounds good to me. And then I ended up meeting a few other guys. So like, I would encourage you or like any other listeners that like you're maybe apprehensive about like, Oh, like I don't want to talk to these other people. Like they're trying to fight their own demons or get their own, like, <laughs> like get their own times or whatever. Like go ahead and talk to the people around you. Yeah. Cause like more times than not, they're probably feeling the exact same way you are. And just that rush of like, okay, maybe you're an introvert and that doesn't get you going. But for me, it's like to have somebody else that we're talking, mm-hmm. we're like kind of locked in together. Mm-hmm. It's not like, Oh, are they going to beat me or vice versa? It's more just like you're, you're doing this trial with these other people. And like a lot of them will be very eager to help you and very yeah. eager to cheer you on through that. And like, I've had, I have a friend that he was on a few months ago. His name's Philip. So Philip Rojas, shout out. Um, Philip told me like one marathon he did, there was a guy that like, I guess he was like, had a ton of gels on him and he just goes to Philip. He's like, Hey, do you need a gel, man? You might be hungry. And I was like, that's like the sweetest thing that's ever. Crazy. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So like, that's like a big goal for me to showcase people in the running community that it's like, yo, like people out here are nice and it doesn't have to be like mm-hmm. something where it's like, 
everybody's like, oh, you're running like that? No, no, no. Because like 99.99999% ain't going to be like that, you know? So true. Has that Everybody been your experience? Everybody is so friendly because maybe it was when they were 14, maybe it was when they were 40, but everybody started. So I wanted to ask you like a goal that I've kind of got, like especially like in this season of the podcast, but also in this season of life is to continue learning from like everybody around me and what like, give me the best advice you've received recently, like who it came from, why it impacted you and Mm. give me all that. What are you, what are you noodling on lately? I am noodling on the book of Proverbs with my church, Watermark Church. Um, We're reading Proverbs right now. This morning I read Proverbs 20 and there's a verse um, which is repeated a lot throughout that book, which is all about wisdom. So great place to be for advice. Right where you need to be. Exactly. And um, there's a lot of farming metaphors. And uh, so there was a line this morning about how the sluggard, which is like the lazy person, doesn't plow. So like he's not tilling up his fields. He's not getting things ready. And then when harvest time comes, he has nothing. He reaps nothing. And I feel like the season of life that I'm in, in my 20s, and even in a micro way with training for this marathon, like there's so much to be said for kind of like I was saying earlier, like those little deposits of faithfulness and those little deposits of whether that's money or investing time with people and time into relationships, um, putting work into your career, learning a new skill, getting a new hobby. Like we might not peak. I hope I don't peak in my twenties and anything. Um, but (laughs) how sad would that be? But, uh, Sometimes you kind of feel like you're having an existential crisis. Um, Like, what am I doing with my life? I think those happen quite frequently, especially after the pandemic and all that stuff, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, because I I think those kind of kind of they're going around. (laughs) You just wake up and I'm going to go to work and then I'm going to do it again the next day. And it's like, okay, you know, where's the shape of my life going? And so, hey, what does it look like now to be really faithful and invest with what I can, knowing that like I'm going to have a greater good on the other end of that whether that's godliness or physical health or financial health or um better emotional boundaries at like insert whatever that looks like for you off of your agriculture have you ever heard the term like it's just another bale of hay in the barn have you heard have you mm-hmm. heard that in terms of running everything that's something that i don't know who i heard it from first it's been a while it might have been a professor of mine dr wakefield if it was shout out dr wakefield <laughs> But if it wasn't, still shout out Dr. Wakefield, great dude, and a lot of wisdom there. But um, it was essentially every workout you do or every, like, say say you're really consumed in your career right now. Every hour you spend at work is a bale of hay in the barn. Every workout you do is a bale of hay in the barn. And, like, hey, like, maybe, like, going back to the harvest, like, maybe your harvest, like, day of harvest wasn't super plentiful, Mm. but you still got a bale of hay in that barn. So it's, like, looking at those things as, like, I'm making them like a very minute change, but it's still going to have an impact mm-hmm. once it all adds up. Cause mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, like you could go for a run that's like two or three miles today and you might go, eh, I didn't feel great. It didn't go the best, whatever. It's still a bale of hay in the barn. Yeah. So like you're still, it's still building towards something. So, I mean, I, I like you were saying, like whatever this season is for you and whatever you're working to improve in, like just keep putting hay in that barn. And at the end of the day, you're going to have, your barn's going to be as full as it needs to be. So just continue to put a little bit every day and just keep trying. And like being 1% better 
yeah. today is better than being stagnant exactly. for like a month, right? Exactly. Yeah, that book I mentioned earlier by Anya Downs, she, when she was talking about hobbies, she educated me by saying that the first definition of amateur, the word amateur, it actually is someone who does something without being paid for it. Mm-hmm. The second definition is someone that's incompetent. Okay. But we walk around and only ever use that second definition. Like, oh, I'm just an amateur. He's just an amateur. You're an amateur, whatever. Really, it's like, no, you just don't get, you're not doing this for a living. Yeah. Um, You're just doing it for fun. Yeah, for the enjoyment, you know? Yes. And yeah. so nobody walked around, like nobody ever was just immediately brilliant at something. Um. Everybody started somewhere. And if the goal isn't mastery anyways, like I'm just doing this for fun and I'm doing it for the benefits along the way, then why would I get so discouraged and not start? What a waste that is. It is. I mean, so I've got a quote that it's not, it's not as someone wise as Solomon, but it is someone (laughs) that was skilled in winning. That's Michael Jordan. Right. And so this one, I literally sent this to a friend the other day because he was telling me like, man, like. I don't know. Like this isn't going great. It's not working for me. Like what's your advice? And it was, it, we were talking about running, but this could apply to anything. And the Michael Jordan quote was, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot. And I missed, mm-hmm. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. So it's like, you got to get those reps in. And like, even like you think Michael Jordan, like greatest basketball player of all time, mm-hmm. like, he failed again and again mm-hmm. and again. And like, I think you and I like the, so maybe I'm, I always heard I was an Enneagram. Is it seven? The one that's about having fun. Yeah. I always heard that that was me, but I think like, maybe that's what I show it to other people. But deep down inside, I'm really like, I got to be perfect at this. So maybe I'm the three, like you said, maybe TBD. I people don't know. think I'm a seven because I'm fun too, but really I care more about impressing them than having fun. Yeah. The fun people <laughs> have the most themes, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. But, um, Coach Bennett said um, on a run one time in my little ear, he told me that struggle isn't failing. Quitting is failing. And I've hung on to that. I've used that in my classroom. I've told that to my friends. Uh, Failing is when you give up. That's when you failed. Being bad at it, being new at it. Is learning. You're learning. Yeah, yeah. Struggle is good. If you gave up at things you struggled at, you would not know how to walk. You would not know how to swallow whole foods. You would not know how to Talking turn on the difficult. hot water to get in the shower. Like yeah. if we struggled at things that were, if we gave up on everything that was hard, um, you really would never succeed past any level of infancy in any area of your life. True. Something that people have told me is like, you want to fail forward. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you, you want like, you want your quote unquote failures, which don't even look at it like that, but you want those to like, pay towards something like I can think of teachers that I had that it would be like, they'd come in and they'd say, Hey, you can make a mistake and I'm not taking you down for it. But like, don't make me catch you making the same mistake twice. Just learn from your mistakes and learn in a way that like you're continuing to be constructive. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of the day, like that's a big, like just be constructive in what you're doing. And like, if being constructive is just going out and learning that you chafe really bad when you're running or that your nipples need patches. Yeah. That's, that's the little bit that you learn today. That's great. Welcome to the club. You got hay in the barn. Let's go. And I'll send you the link on Amazon nipple shields. Right. There you go. Okay. So final question. We've hit like so many 
pearls of wisdom that I think Solomon would be quite proud with our output today and the bales of hay we have in the barn. But um, <laughs> give me like one more, like if anyone was running mm-hmm. and got too dialed in and didn't know what was going on, give like one more, sum it all up. You're a beginner. Give them a piece of advice. And what's your authentic Catterly one whiz, wise word of wisdom? Just stop taking yourself so seriously. Whatever it is you want to do, go do it. Um, for most people listening to this, you'll never have more free time, ability, flexibility in your life. To take a day off work, fly to Oregon and run a marathon because you can, because your friend entered you into a contest. And why would you not do it? Um, you you'll never have a chance to do that again. Who knows how many more years of life you have left? Who knows how many more healthy months, days, weeks you have. Um, if you've never walked through a season of not having physical health, then you won't appreciate that as much as the people listening to this who have. Uh, so don't take it for granted. Um, and it's just not that big of a deal. Go have fun. Move your body. Do a new hobby. Stop sitting on your phone. Get off your couch. Go make some friends. Go touch grass. Touch go some dirt touch. And get some grounding. Yeah, there you get go. some of the natural energy <laughs> from the earth. It's good yeah. for you. Yeah, it's good stuff. And that's coming from someone who used to not like that. It used to be, let's watch movies. All the I time, was an right? inside girl thrown through. Okay. And now you're an outside girl or well, you're half and half? Yeah. Okay. Healthy balance though. Yeah. Perfect. I love to be outside. Well, let's lean into the the outside girlness, or I guess for me, outside guyness. But um we're going to go run a 5k. So hopefully y'all were getting active or improving or just doing something today. That's putting a little bit of hay in the barn. We're going to go put some hay in the barn, go run a 5k and Catterly tell them where we're going to go run. We're going to go run around the place that I live, which is ambiguously the village Dallas best apartment complex in the world. And honestly kind of out of my comfort zone because it's sort of dark now. So I probably wouldn't be doing this if you weren't going with me. Well, hey, it gets super dark early now, so I feel like every run I can feel like somewhat like Batman, but um, I'm happy to introduce you to night running. Is this your first run at nighttime ever? Or? Um, Pretty much. Well, this Probably. is a momentous occasion, <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward I to it. I need a headlamp. Well, there you go. Well, I think we'll be good. It's, it's light. We have it's lamps. light-ish. Yeah. So, okay, well, we're going to go run that 5K, and we'll put the trail up on, or like the map up on Strava if you're live in the village or you want a good place for like a safe 5k and like we're gonna do it at night so it'll be safe even at night exactly um, there you go it'll be up on strava so if you had any questions about anything we talked about today feel free to reach out at 5q5kpod at gmail.com if you want to just touch base or tell anything you're working on um, or maybe you have an t- idea for a topic for the show reach out on instagram at 5q5kpod and happy to answer any of those help out in any way i can so Wanted to thank you, Catterly, one more time. Thank you for sitting down and thanks for kind of sharing what you've been thinking on and sharing where fitness and where that growth has taken you in the past couple of years. So My pleasure. Hey, thank you for go. having me. Of course. Thank you. Well, um, hope you all had a good one. And until next time, go out and put hay in that barn and get better today. All right, guys. Peace. Bye.